Hi, I'm Angela Snyder, your host. I'm a former lawyer turned stay-at-home mom turned personal development junkie. And I truly believe that we're not just meant to go through life, we're meant to grow through life. So often the daily grind dictates our every move and I'm here to help you disrupt the pattern and wake up to yourself to remember what lights you up. To use Glennon Doyle's genius and heroic analogy, I'm here to wake you up to the freaking cheetah inside of you. I believe we are all meant for more, for a truer understanding, deeper conversations, and more intimate, soulful connections, and a truly deep relationship with ourselves. We are worth the investment of time and energy to reconnect with our souls and to rediscover our deepest intentions in this life. It all goes so fast, time's going to pass by whether we are actively participating or not. So why not grab a hold of the wheel and take control of your destiny? So give yourself permission to dive deep and do this work because I promise you are worth it and you won't regret it. My goodness, you guys, just wait until you hear this interview with Regan Simpson. She was amazing. So she is like a manifestation expert. She's a manifestation coach and NLP practitioner who specializes in helping spiritual women go from living on autopilot to consciously creating their dream realities through deep healing, energetic alignment, and working with the subconscious mind. She experienced her own inner healing and massive shifts through learning the art of manifestation and her aim is to help other women do the same. She honestly was like so fun to talk to. Manifestation is just such a fun topic and I love it so much and she really um, taught us a lot in this episode. Um, she has her own way of manifesting called somatic manifestation, which really brings the manifestation out of the mind and into the body, which is something that I really um, align with. I love the idea of that because typically speaking, like it's hard for me to, to disconnect the two. So I love that she talks about really bringing your body into the process with you. Um, so definitely make sure you listen to the end because she has some really great um, takeaways for us. I can't wait for you to hear it. So without further ado, I will introduce Regan. Hi, Regan. I am so excited you are here with me tonight. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh. So for those of you who don't know her, Regan is a manifestation coach and NLP practitioner, and she is just such a light, you guys. Just wait until you hear this interview. Her energy is so beautiful, and she is here to teach us all about manifestation, and she's just such a special person to do that because she has her own take on it, which I think is so neat. Um, she really takes manifestation out of the head and brings it down into the body. And so she has her own take on manifestation, which she calls somatic manifestation. And she has a beautiful guide available. We can uh, make sure we link that up and stuff in the show notes, but I am super excited for her to teach us all of her knowledge here tonight. Regan, thank you so much again for being here. Can you sort of explain to us how you got into manifestation? Yeah, so it's kind of a funny story because I feel like I have been able, I've been aware of the process of manifestation for a very long time. Um, like I read The Alchemist many years ago, which kind of, you know, is the basis of manifestation. And I've been able to, you know, use it as a tool per se. Like I didn't actually fully understand it for what it was, but if I wanted something bad enough, I'd say, okay, well, I'm just going to manifest it. Well, you know, in this last year and a half. So I had what I like to call my dark night of the soul about a year and a half ago. And after that, I started to get into personal growth and development a lot and coming back into my spirituality and I rediscovered manifestation. And so I dove into it to actually fully learn what it was all about and experience it in my own life. And to me, it ended up being this profound healing journey. So it wasn't about just manifesting a dream career or manifesting money or manifesting, you know, anything outside of me. It was about healing internal traumas 
feeling worthy of what I desire and becoming the person of my dreams instead of just designing the life of my dreams. And, you know, all of these things are really great. And it's a byproduct of it, the money, the relationship, mm -hmm. the house, the car, the success, that's all just, you know, a wonderful byproduct of the deep inner healing. And the reason why that was illuminated to me was that when I started to try to manifest all these external things, I realized that I was not an energetic match for it because I didn't truly feel worthy of it. And I was carrying around a lot of inner guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of fear, a lot of judgments about myself in the world, a lot of limiting beliefs. And so manifestation just opened up that door of, all right, here's what needs to be healed. And so, you know, all of the the stuff that people think about when they think about manifesting, which is having all this luxury and, and nice things is really great. And it's definitely a byproduct. But for me, it's just about so much more than that. Oh my gosh. I love that. That is such a beautiful way of approaching it. I never thought about manifestation as being a healing tool. I think you're so right. Everybody connects manifestation with, um, attracting things outside of ourselves, but not necessarily with how it can make us feel internally. So I think that is so cool that it brought you on this like whole healing journey. That's really neat. How did you like specifically use tools for of manifestation to heal those deep, I mean, those um, emotions that you mentioned, guilt, shame, fear, self-doubt, uh, lack of worthiness, all of those things I think are, are things that when we really quiet our minds, we can all relate to, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all suffer from some level of shame, guilt, fear, all of these things. So how did you use manifestation to help you push through that? Yeah, well, first of all, it was being able to recognize them instead of just being like, oh, I just need to push them all down. I'll ignore them. I'll just stay high vibe and try to, you know, keep on keeping on. Mm -hmm. I had to actually take a step back and say, okay, what is it that I'm feeling right now? Where is it coming from? What part of me needs to be listened to right now? What part of me needs to be heard? Um, what do I need to do to actually make myself feel safe and loved and worthy? And, you know, obviously it was a lot of tools. It's been a lot of time yeah. and I'm still, you know, going on this journey, but it was just the ability to actually confront all of it. Cause you're right. Pretty much all of us are walking around with some form of trauma or guilt or shame. And the sad thing is a lot of people may not recognize it. And for the longest time, I didn't either. I walked around saying like, oh yeah, I've been through some tough things in my past for sure. But like, it doesn't bother me at all anymore. Well, that was just me pushing it down because right. Yeah. And, and a lot of times when it comes to entrepreneurship, especially that's when a lot of the limiting beliefs and fears really come to surface. Cause if you just keep going through the motions, if you keep doing things that society tells you is acceptable, you never really have a reason to question anything. Oh my gosh. Yes. Nail yeah. on the head, my friend. Yeah, exactly. And so like being able to step out of that, of that, you know, go, go, go mindset of that okay like what's expected of me and what's not when I stepped out of that and you know had all these questions from people around me and from myself and had to actually you know realize that if I'm going to choose this different path I'm going to have to actually look deep inside and see what needs to be healed mm -hmm. that was um yeah like what first of all what actually like put me on this journey to begin with to realize that I wasn't content with all of that but sorry kind of a tangent there but when it came no, down I tools did, did I use to to start, you know, healing and to work through that. Um, NLP has been a really big thing for me. So getting certified in neurolinguistic programming and using those tools has been really helpful. But even before that, mm -hmm. just being able to acknowledge all of it and accept it too. I think as a society, we get in this whole fear of fear of our fear, fear mm -hmm. of our pain, fear of, you know, letting all these things come to surface. So we just ignore them. And the thing is, when you ignore them, they stay there. They don't go anywhere. So when you're trying to do all these things, when you're trying to create your dream reality, when you're trying to manifest these pretty external things, or just trying to manifest love or happiness, you know, like if you don't have that um, worthiness, if you don't have that foundation of self-love, then you're not going to attract exactly what you want if it's not in alignment right. with what you want. So yeah, it's the idea of being able to, instead of living so high vibe, and trying to attract all these high vibe things, which is really great. You have to start with what's weighing you down so you can release it. 
Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. I love that so much. And I think that realization is so important. And like you said, I mean, you touched on this, but I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into this idea of like the awareness that you are maybe unhappy or feeling unfulfilled when the rest of your life looks like it is, it's just fine, right? From an outsider's perspective, you're checking off all the boxes. You've got the job, you've got all of the things that society tells you should have to be happy, but you're still feeling this like inkling of unfulfillment or, you know, unhappiness and like actually taking the time to do that um, self-reflection exercise and figure out what am I feeling right now? why am I feeling that way? And really like have the courage because it's not easy. So I I really believe you have to have the courage to sit with that unease for a little bit and figure out where it's coming from. Um, So I would love to hear about like, because you were living this like super amazing like killer life like like you were checking off every box on the adventurer's dream what was it that like immediately led to your dark night of the soul like what precipitated that I love that question because that was my reality so I graduated college and I was young I was only 20 years old and I knew immediately I was like I'm not going to go into corporate. I'm not going to, you know, I was a smart kid too. And I did really well in college and I actually, I dropped out of grad school. So I was going to go into grad school and I decided, well, that's not going to make me happy. And yeah, corporate job wasn't going to make me happy. The idea of just settling down and buying a house right away wasn't going to make me happy. So I decided that I wasn't going to do that. I was like, well, I'm just going to do all these things. Everyone, because I saw all these people around me and, you know, you see in the media a lot, this idea that, you know, once you break free of these things, these traps that you're in, whether it's your job or your lifestyle or societal expectations, once you break free, then everything's all answered and you're happy. And I saw people doing that through traveling, through adventures, through just, you know, having new experiences all the time. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to do that right now. That's the answer. I'm going to do that right now. So I lived in Kansas at the time and a year and a half after I graduated, I moved to Colorado and pretty quickly I ended up getting a very unconventional job being a caretaker of an off-grid cabin in the middle of the woods. So I, I lived there as well. There was no road access. It was I mean, hauling our water in from the creek. It was oh total my gosh. Chaos. Did yeah. you have internet? We actually did. So we had okay. internet. We yeah. could run the business up there, but it okay. was only for the caretakers. So the guests couldn't use it. And it was really slow. It was satellite internet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Wait, were you by yourself? No, there was a couple other caretakers there okay. as well. Yeah, there's there's two two other guys who lived there full time. And then in, there are other guys, two guys who lived there in the summertime. I was the only woman up there, which was an experience in itself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. You're brave. That's intense. Yeah. Like I mean, volunteer to be in a cabin in the middle of the woods, like with no way out. That's like, <laughs> that's honestly, so I look back at that sometimes and I'm like, there and there were times I was up there alone there was there were times when the guys were both in town and I was there by myself and there were like I never felt threatened when I was alone but there were other times when I I there were some scary incidences or yeah incidents but no looking back I'm like it may not have been the smartest decision but yeah. you know there were other decisions I could have been making at 22 years old that were dumb too so yeah there you go <laughs> but yeah so I did that for a year and then I went and I hiked 800 miles of the Pacific Crest Trail and I bought an Astro van which that's very tiny very hard to live in and I was just you know in this travel mode and when I came back and settled down for a little bit I got a job and I just it's just like a retail job and I decided I was going to just you know work this job for a little bit before it was time to go on my next adventure and this whole time people were reaching out to me and like old friends and new friends and just saying like wow your life looks so adventurous you look like you're having so much fun I wish I could do that and of course my I was always really nice but internally I was like well first of all you can do it I I just chose to do it you can do it too but you know second of all I was also really hiding how the more I did this, the more adventures I went on, the more I tried to seek fulfillment in, you know, doing all these other fun things, I realized that I wasn't actually finding it. And Mm -hmm. it really got to be confusing for me because when I was 
let's say 23 or 24, it wasn't that long ago, I had this moment where I realized, well, you know, I'm already not doing what society expects of me. I already knew that wasn't going to make me happy. So I'm not doing it, but I'm doing all these other things. Now I spend so much time in nature. I have so many new experiences all the time. I'm meeting new people left and right. And yet I am so deeply unhappy and I was afraid to admit it. Mm-hmm. I was also drinking a lot at the time. So I've been sober for probably over a year and a half now. Oh, congratulations. Thank That's you. amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's been the best decision I've ever made, but I was using alcohol to kind of numb that discomfort that I had, that I could only mm-hmm. express it as existential dread. So I was, you know, living a life that I thought I should be excited about, but I wasn't excited about it. I was working a job that I didn't like. I had horrible limiting money beliefs because I started to get a little older and I realized, well, I actually would like to make some more money now. But at the time I believed I could only make a lot of money in a corporate job or doing things I hated doing or all these other horrible stories that I had around money. So I felt really lost. I didn't realize that I actually was in control of how I perceived my reality and how I created it to an extent. And so I just felt super trapped. And I said, I don't know what the answer is here, but I'm going to take it one step at a time. And so the first step I took was to give up alcohol. No, that's not true. The first step was a morning routine. That's what it was. I love that. I love that. And then the next step was giving up alcohol. And then I just kept doing it. It's not like it got better overnight. It didn't. And it still hasn't. But it was just being able to do one thing at a time. And once I got to the next step, realized okay, well, this is what I actually want in my life, but I don't have it. Why don't I have it? Okay, well, I am internalizing a lot of inner guilt or I'm internalizing a lot of fear. How can I work through that? And then, you know, whether it was investing in myself, whether it was changing my environment, whether it was just sitting down and getting real and honest with myself, Mm -hmm. you know, taking little steps like that, that that really helped. But yeah, it's interesting to have that perspective of I can... I feel like I have a really good perspective that can be helpful to people because I think a lot of people believe that their problems just have to do with their lifestyle and their circumstances Mm -hmm. and, you know, try to run away from that, try to find another circumstance, try to find a new relationship, try to find a new job, try to just make some more money thinking that'll make everything better Mm -hmm. and then realize that it actually doesn't. Yeah, I I can't, I like couldn't agree more. And I think that your story is, first of all, it's super inspiring. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, But it's just so like, demonstrative of the power of tiny baby steps, right? Like (laughs) one foot in front of the other tiny steps are what create like such big and lasting change, because you still do your morning routine now, right? Yep. You still do your morning routine. And like, I just love that. It's so great. But the other part of your story, which really stands out to me is just this like ability to self-reflect, which I think is so powerful and so important. And it's tough for a lot of people. Um, and, and like kudos for you, like I'm clapping for you for figuring out that like, okay, I'm changing all of my external, like all the external factors in my life and it's still not changing how I feel. So maybe I need to go inwards now because that's such a hard thing, I think for us to realize, um, especially when you're getting that validation from society that you're living a certain way, right? I feel like, you know, um, there's like a lot of moms listening to this. This is something that I experienced as well. Like you have the you're you have the beautiful life that you have dreamt of having, right? But for some reason, something just still doesn't feel right. And for me, that was like the indicator that <clears throat> I needed to go inward, right? Because I had all of these things that I'd worked so hard my whole life for, but something just wasn't feeling like it wasn't lighting me up. It wasn't sparking my joy. It wasn't feeling like I was in alignment. It was like missing puzzle pieces or like, you know what I mean? Like crisscross lines or whatever. So I really like that you decided to dive inward. So tell us now about um, this somatic manifestation. So I've heard, we've heard all about like manifestation, right? You're saying the things that you want the universe to provide or whatever. You could give us a much more eloquent, um, uh, you know, definition, but what about like this somatic manifestation that I have never heard of before? Can you tell us about both and the difference between them and your take on it? Yeah. So somatic manifestation is just my take on the process really. And it, it's a very holistic 
approach to it because if anyone listening has ever watched The Secret or read The Secret, it's, it, it, you know, it's a great book and a great movie and it really does get the point across, but it also misses a lot of important information. So the basis of the secret is that what you think about is what you attract. And that's also the law of attraction. And that's what the book is all about. And it is very true. What you think about, you attract. However, it is not that easy. Mm-hmm. It is not that easy to just be like, you know what? All right. I'm just going to start thinking about the $10,000 that I want to attract this month. And it's just going to come to me so effortlessly. Right. <laughs> and yeah, and I think that book was it was a really good dividing point between a lot of people who were like, this is amazing. I actually, I believe this, I'm going to live by this. And they actually started to live by it. And then the other people who were like, well, okay, I guess I could try this and set all of these crazy goals and things they wanted to manifest and didn't end up manifesting them. And then now they say it doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I look at somatic manifestation as a kind of, I'm going to say trauma informed Mm. approach to manifestation and it's this idea that most of us aren't just plopped onto this earth and then go through our childhood and our adult lives with no limiting beliefs no traumas no negative emotions nothing holding us back because if we were if we had nothing holding us back if we had no subconscious programming by society if we had perfect lives where our parents told us everything was possible and they had perfect lives that we got to see, then yeah, it would work as easy as the secret talks Mm -hmm. about. It would be that easy, but it's not. We have all these limiting beliefs. We have physical traumas that we actually hold on to. So, you know, this trauma could be as big as it could be an abuse, but it could also just be not being allowed to express your emotions. Mm -hmm. And we hold on to that in our body. And so manifestation is physical. It really is. So if you look at it in a spiritual sense, the idea of being in energetic alignment with what you desire is how you manifest. So you need to be in alignment with what you want to manifest. You need to feel the vibration. You need to feel the joy, feel the abundance. And that's how you'll attract it. So you need to be who you want to be. You need to be the person who already has it before you see it in your external reality in order for it to show up in your external reality. Mm -hmm. However, when there's all these blocks, all these limiting beliefs, all these traumas, all these things pushed down into our subconscious mind, when you just try to manifest in the conscious mind and say, okay, I want a new car. I want a new relationship, or I want to have this nice house but you're still holding on to these limiting beliefs and these traumas and you actually don't feel worthy of it and you can't energetically align with it and your body can't get on board with it, it won't happen. So the way I look at it with, the way I use somatic manifestation is being able to actually get your body on board. It's being able to approach manifestation in a holistic way. Instead of just doing it mentally, it's being able to do it mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And what that means is being able to release a lot of the trauma is being able to release and reprogram the limiting beliefs so that you can actually become that person who can align with it. Oh my goodness. How do I do this? Like right now <laughs> you're talking about this that I want in so bad. That makes so much sense to me. I feel like so much of this work is more than just mental, right? Like, I don't know. I even find myself when I'm, when I'm meditating, I almost feel like I meditate better when I'm moving. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes sense or not, but I feel like I'm a moving meditator if that's a thing, because my body just wants to move like through the, all of the feelings and stuff, you know, like, I don't know. So I am loving this idea. So what does that process look like? First of all, I am definitely a physical meditator as well. I meditate best when I'm outside walking or running because sitting still doesn't always do it for me. Sometimes it's nice, but other times I'm like, all right, like right, let's do something here. But yeah, I love that. And that's totally a thing. You can meditate <gasps> anything. You can oh meditate dishes. You're making me feel so much better. Okay. So I feel like yeah. see, that's another thing I need to dive into. I'm always worried that I'm doing it wrong. Um, and I really feel like I need to, I maybe need to explore <laughs> those types of meditation a little bit more. I like that oh. idea. <laughs> I love that. And that's also part of the somatic manifestation process is being able to 
trust yourself and your intuition because the fear of doing it wrong, there is, when it comes to anything, there's no right way to do it and there's no wrong way to do it. There's just what works best for you. But when we see all these things saying, well, this is the right way to exercise. This is the right way to meditate. This is the right way to eat. This is the right way to grow your business. When really there's a bajillion and a half right ways to do things. And the only right way is what works for you and the wrong ways are what doesn't work for you. So yeah, and it's actually a a trauma to not be able to trust your intuition. Regan, you are like hitting the nail on the head with me right now. That is, I am so glad you just said that because this is something that comes up for me in every aspect of my life. And I'm working hard on trying to trust myself and the fact that you just called it a trauma response, like gives me the external validation that I've been looking for, for which is like, I know reverse, like not what I should be doing, but it gives oh. me the validation I need because I just cannot get rid of this thought where I'm constantly trying to, I'm constantly thinking, well, somebody else knows better than me. So like, I'm like, okay, well, what steps do I have to take? And I have to take them in the exact right order. Right. But you are so right. When you say like, we need to trust our intuition to tell us like, if my body feels better meditating, moving, that's probably because that's what my body needs. Right. Yeah. Uh, I need that. (laughs) Thank you for that reminder. It was just like, so you just made my brain explode in the best way. That's like, you just like nailed it for me. So thank (laughs) thank you for that. I can only say that because I've experienced it myself and I still do, but this constant, like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? These people Mm -hmm. say I should do this. So I should do this. But what am I doing wrong? Even though I I had already passed the layer of like not doing what society thought was best for me because I knew that that wasn't what was best for me and discovering there was a whole other layer in there. It was mind blowing and also really sad because I was like, oh, there's so much more to this that I have to work through. Yes, I know. I feel like that's a constant for me too. I keep, I'm like actively doing all this work and it's so beautiful. And I'm, I'm having all these shifts, which are so like meaningful and they're just like expanding my mind in ways I never knew possible. Like I've literally stepped into a brand new world and it's incredible and so exciting. But then I also have these moments where I am so aware that I have so much more like healing and learning to do. Like I'm just at the tip of the iceberg. I've just started this journey. So I love that those reminders that there's always more like more growing to happen, which is so cool. Yeah. But anyway, tell us, sorry, I got off track. Tell us about, I just was like, oh my gosh, that's my life. Okay. Tell us about somatic manifestation. And like, I am going to ask you, are there steps? Cause I want to know them. (laughs) Okay. I love this because there technically are no steps. It all happens at the exact same time. It's not like you do step one. Okay. I'm going to move into step two. Now I'm going to move into step three, but I have created it into a four phase process to make it easier to understand. So when you're first getting into it and learning about it, being able to learn it based on phases, so you can kind of chunk it down and make it more digestible. Yeah. Instead of just being really overwhelmed by it. So yeah, I've made a, I've made a four phase process. And once you get the hang of it, it really all does happen all at one time. But at the beginning, it is so helpful just to understand it at that level. Um, but my four phases are design, release, reprogram, and align. So the first one is design the life that you want to have. So instead of focusing on what you do want, which is what most people are doing, shift it and say, well, wait a minute, I know what I don't want. What, but what, what do I actually want? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to create? And that can be a really big shift for a lot of people because then they realize, wow, I've been focusing so much on what I don't want that I don't even really know what I do want. So it can be a whole process of of deciding, okay, even if I don't have these big goals right now, or even if there's, you know, not any specific goals, what are the little things that you want? Like, what do you actually want to feel? How do you want to spend your day? And then once you know what you want to manifest and what you want to create, you can move into the release phase, which is releasing everything that is holding you back from being that person who already has it. So release can look like letting go of limiting beliefs. It can be forgiveness work. One thing that I really love is physical release. So I'm a very physical based person. Granted, I think we all have bodies, so we're all physical. (laughs) 
but um, I've noticed it big shifts in me when I do this work, but it's being able to physically release the trauma. I've gotten a really deep into the polyvagal theory a lot lately. I've never heard is, of those words. So it's basically, I, it, I'm, it's gonna be really hard to explain, but it's this idea and it's a psychological idea that our bodies get stuck in fight, flight, or freeze. And we're all kind of walking around in that. So being able to physically release it is gonna it's a nervous system thing is what it is so if you have a dysregulated nervous system you're not going to feel good and this goes far beyond just manifesting the life of your dreams this goes into just how you feel in the day-to-day moment how do you feel in the day-to-day and what kind of life experience you're having your quality of life and so you look at wild animals and if they have gone through a traumatic experience they will shake they will physically shake it off and then after i don't know what it takes like a couple of minutes and then they're fine. They don't get PTSD. They don't experience stress or chronic stress. They don't have any kind of mental health disorders or any of that. Domesticated animals can, but wild animals don't. So they have this built-in mechanism. Well, humans do too. So if you look at little kids, when it comes to them expressing emotions, if you let them just, you have little kids, you probably see this. If you just let them cry it out, they can get over it pretty quickly. You know, they can just, they move through the emotions so quickly, but when we become adults, that doesn't become acceptable anymore. We can't move through it. And so we just internalize it and it stays there. And yeah, that's what we're living from. And so the release phase is getting rid of that. And that can be physical release too. And my favorite ways to do that are through breath work. First and foremost, Mm -hmm. I love breath work. And I'm also looking into getting certified in tension and trauma release exercises so that's actually being able to shake it and let your body go through the, the shaking response oh, and wow. let your nervous system. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then the, the third one is, the third phase is reprogram. So that is heavy into the limiting beliefs. So you do see the limiting beliefs and work on them in the release phase, but the reprogram phase is when you say, okay, now that I've released what's not serving me, what is going to serve me? Mm. What beliefs are going to help me create the life that I love? What feelings are going to help me create the life that I love? It, it, it's the rebuilding process. Mm, I love in, the, that. in the align phase, it's just exactly what it says it is, just aligning with that higher self. So now that you've gotten clear on what you want, you've released what's holding you back, you've reprogrammed your subconscious to be in alignment with what you want. Now you can actually live as that person. And you don't have to have everything you want in your external reality in order to be that person. You just have to be it and your external reality catches up. Mm. The irony is that once you are truly that person who already has what you want, you don't necessarily even need it. It'll come to you, but as soon as you don't need it, as soon as you're happy without it is when you get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds like something that's super true. So how long does this process usually take? It honestly, it's a lifelong journey of being able to continuously step up and heal and grow and be able to become more magnetic even quicker. But a lot of it just depends on what you're willing to put in. So it depends what you want to manifest. It depends on how much you have to work through. Um, it just, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all on an individual basis, but the way I have it is I've created a 12 week program around it. And granted, you're not going to get to the end of the 12 weeks and everything will be perfect, but you, that's enough time to be able to actually go through each phase and work on what needs to be worked on in each phase and learn what needs to be learned in each phase and being able to have a really solid understanding of it moving forward. Yeah. I love that because as you were mentioning your, the steps, I'm like, Oh, some of these are like really loaded, right. With like a lot of, of work that has to happen in there. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And, um, well, one more thing to add in there really quick, I should have mentioned this earlier, but I'm glad that you said that. Um, you can always manifest and create the life of your dreams, even though you haven't released everything because releasing and healing is a lifelong journey. You're going to, you know, think that everything's all good and perfect. And then you're going to realize there's a whole nother layer to it that you need to work through. There's a whole nother block here, but you're always worthy and you're always capable of creating what you want, even though you still struggle and you're still working on things. And that so it is a lifelong journey of you know you might go through the process and you've manifested a couple of things that you really love but then you have to 
go back to it again and, and do some more release work and healing work to move up to the next level. But then you go back to it again, you do more release work and reprogramming work and move up to the next level. It's just this constant. Yeah. You know what? Thank you so much for bringing that up because it's such a, you know, I feel like this whole field of work and thought and all of that is just so not spoken about enough and like and it's so misunderstood right people don't understand like or they might think like oh I went in for one session I got a shift I'm done but it's like there's so much more there's like always more to be done like if you're really if you're really looking to do that full healing so I think that's really great what um what is like the biggest misconception that you run into about manifestation and and this kind of work Yes, the high vibe misconception. And I see this misconception with even people who are very deep into it. And, and I experienced it a lot too. Um, not so much anymore because I got to the point where I couldn't anymore because it was just, to me, it was hurting me more than anything. But this high vibe misconception is the idea that you have to just think positive thoughts and feel positive feelings and high vibes only. And you create what you think about, you attract what you think about. So you can never think about the bad things. And that is where the suppression comes in. So that's when people are thinking like, okay, well, I want to manifest this. I want to manifest this, but I just can't seem to get there. And I'll go straight. If I'm talking to someone directly one-on-one, I'll just get straight to it. And I'll say, do you feel worthy of that? Mm -hmm. And don't, and, and don't tell me like what you think you should say. Do you feel truly worthy of it? And a lot of the answers are, well, I'm, I'm getting there. And people say that because they want to sound really good. They want to sound like they believe they're worthy. But really what it's coming down to is that little hesitation mm -hmm. and that deep, dark feeling of unworthiness that, you know, they're trying to stuff down. And so when you're trying to stuff, stuff these things down and consciously only talk about the positive things, consciously only focus on the good things, whereas your subconscious mind and your body are in this state of fight or flight or in this state of not being on board with what you want to manifest, the state of unworthiness, you're actually going to keep manifesting from that part, from the subconscious and from your body. You're, you're not going to manifest from that 5% of your conscious mind that says what you want to manifest. You're going to manifest from the rest of your body. So when you're not digging deep and you're not bringing those dark things to the light so you can work through them, they stay there. Mm. So it is very true that you do manifest what you think most about, but if you can just take a little bit of your time to do that inner work and to work through it, you're going to be able to come out on the other side and truly feel high vibe and truly feel worthy and truly feel good and manifest more of what makes you feel high vibe and feel good. But you do have to address and work through and accept and love the parts that are darker. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was really beautiful. Very deep, Regan. <laughs> um, okay, so for the people that are listening that maybe haven't tried manifestation before or are just learning about it right now, what would you say is like one like easy first step that they can start doing today? Yeah, um, that tip is to set intentions that actually will manifest and that actually excite you. So instead of going into this, like, oh, I really can create the life of my dreams. I can have anything I want. I'm going to set an intention to manifest a million dollars in a month. Don't do that, but also don't set realistic goals. So the way I approach this is my intention setting process is to make sure you set intentions that you can actually get behind. So something that you can actually believe in some way, shape or form, because that's the vibration that you're sending out but then take it up a notch. So you give the universe and you give yourself space for the unknown to work and you let the magic of manifestation happen. Hmm. That's really cool. So what is, I mean, like setting your intentions for something that you can get behind, but leaving a little bit of space for the magic of the, of the universe to come in. How do you like set your intentions? Like, how do you tell the universe what your intentions are? Yeah. So the way to do that is to, first of all, be demanding of it, not, not demanding in a um, negative way, in a nagging way, but don't approach it like, well, it'd be really great if I could do this. I really want this because if that's the vibration you're sending out, I really want this. It would be great to have this. You're going to get more of that. It would be really great to have this, the more wanting. And so you're never going to have it. So to be firming your intentions, like this is what I intend to manifest. I intend to manifest um, my soulmate, I intend to manifest um, 
growth in my business. And, and, and it, so some people, it really helps to be specific, to be specific on the money goal or the details. Other people, it doesn't. And my advice to that is just to do what excites you the most. If it feels restrictive to get specific, don't do it. Mm-hmm. If it feels expansive to get specific, then get as specific as you want. So yeah, being able to set that intention in a firm, confident way. And then setting an intention that you can get behind. So one that doesn't feel extravagant, not, not extravagant. That's the wrong one. One that doesn't feel impossible. So let's use money as an example. If you're, let's say making $5,000 a month, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars next month. Your subconscious mind is probably like, no, you're not. What are you talking about? Even though it's entirely possible to do that, there's so many ways that could happen. If you don't fully believe in it, that energy won't translate. So it won't happen. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you don't want to set, if you're making $5,000 a month and you say, okay, well, I'm going to manifest $5,500 because it's not stretching it enough because you could, you know, get your expected income. And then maybe there's one little thing that comes in that's really great, but you're not stretching yourself far enough to actually see the magic and the beauty of the unknown. So if you're able to take it up a step further, like, okay, what feels really exciting also maybe a little bit scary because I don't know how it's going to happen. Oh, maybe $8,000 this month or something like that. And that could be a way to, yeah, set an intention that you can get behind, but also you leave room for the magic of the universe. So you can actually see the process happen. Because the best thing about manifestation is when you let it go, you set your intentions and you let them go and you surrender and then they happen. And you're just like, what? It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this for. It's just, it's amazing and magical every time. Oh my gosh. That's, I'm like excited already just listening to you. So when you say you like set your intentions and then let it go, like, I don't know why in my mind, I was thinking of you like lighting up your intention and it was flying into the air. Like, what is the actual process look like? Are you in meditation and you're just like, in your head saying, I intend to manifest X, Y, or Z, or like, I know this might feel really basic for you, but can you break it down into those um, building blocks for us, for somebody who's never even thought about manifesting before, like how they would actually do that? I love that question. So it can be any of the above. You can sit and meditate on your intention. You can journal them. You can just have them in your mind and say them in, in your mind or say them out loud or whatever it is. Um, I personally like to journal them. I like to write them down because I feel like when they're written down, they get more serious to me. Um, But then the process of being able to let them go, is just not being attached to them. So you write them down and then you trust that you, you do what you do your part in it, which is listen to your intuition. You take inspired action because that's a part of manifestation is action. You have to be able to actually take action. But you have to listen to your intuition first, because if you're just trying to force things and doing things that are totally misaligned, you're not in alignment with what you want to manifest. So the biggest thing is being able to let go. And once you are in that space of letting go, your intuition comes through and you can get, that's when you get the divine guidance of what action steps you need to take. And that will get you there. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to just the beginning and setting the intentions, it, you know, whatever, whatever lights you up the most, there are so many rules out there and manifestation processes and all of that. And none of, none of it matters. What matters is what lights you up the most. If you can just be on a walk outside and in your mind think, oh yeah, I really want to manifest this, or I want to create this in my life. Don't feel like you need to go in and write it down a hundred times. Okay. (laughs) There I go again, right? Asking for the specific rules on how to do this. But again, the answer is listen to your intuition. So I I definitely needed that reminder. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Okay. So one of my last questions is how, uh, how do you think, or can we rather like teach our kids this type of you know, like manifestation or can we teach our kids to get into manifestation or like, is, are they able to comprehend that? I don't even know. I love this question. So I'll start by saying, I don't have any kids. So I'm going to answer this from the perspective of someone who doesn't have any, but I do have a very heavy background in psychology and NLP kids before the age of seven years old are walking subconscious minds. So they absorb everything. So if you look at, you know, yourself personally right now, all of the limiting beliefs and the negative emotions, all of that, the root of that started before the age of seven. And so crazy. Yeah, I know it's wild. (laughs) 
Ooh. But it's really cool when you, when, you rec- when you recognize that because then you realize or you recognize how you can go back and heal that. So kids can be taught to manifest. Um, and for them, it's a lot more simple because they don't, if they're really young, especially, they don't have the limiting beliefs yet. They don't have um, the blocks. They don't have life critical, that critical faculty, right? They don't don't have have like the reality coming in to say, oh, no, 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 you can't dream that big, right? Like they don't have that. Oh, that's cool. They don't have the societal conditioning telling them what's not possible. Um, Granted, I know it can be hard because, you know, when kids say they want things, and this is the tip right here is um, watching your language around kids. So, you know, if a kid says they want things and it can be a new toy or it could be a bike or whatever it is, instead of just shutting it down and saying like, oh, no, 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 we can't afford that or you can't have that. Watch your language around it a bit. And obviously don't it's not about getting your kid the bike and giving them everything they want, but it's about making sure you you watch your language. So the kid doesn't or your kid, the kid your kid doesn't see it as um an impossibility. Yes. And like the foundation for their own limiting money beliefs later on. Right. Exactly. Because yeah. And and that, that right there is another big tip is, you know, everyone has their money story and everyone has their, their limiting beliefs around it. Um, But whatever you say around a child, especially before the age of seven years old, they will internalize it and they don't even know what they're doing. They will take it as a truth. So if you have a belief that making money is really hard, you, you learn that before the age of seven years old, probably from your own parents who talked about how stressful money was. Mm-hmm. And then so you internalize that and then it, it, it happens generationally. So, you know, one generation says it to the next generation and they carry it their entire lives, never questioning it, just thinking it's the truth. Right. And then they talk about stressful money situations around their kids. And then it happens in the next generation. And, you know, it, and in a perfect world, no one would, would talk about, any stress or struggles around kids, but that's not true. Like it's also not realistic to try to make your kids seem like everything's perfect because it's not, but just being more mindful in, in your language and how you talk about certain things around kids Mm. for sure. I think that's actually really great advice because as a mom learning more and more about all of these powerful tools, like it does kind of sometimes give me pause because I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I have a seven-year-old, he's soon to be eight right now, a five and a two-year-old. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to start putting money aside for my oldest swank therapy for when he gets older, because I've definitely been, you know, giving him, passing along my limiting money beliefs and, and that type of thing, just not knowing. Right. But I think the idea of like, oh, or trying our best to use language that is like expansive and gives them that possibility. Right. And it's not like limiting their reality um, is is at least a good goal that I can work towards. And that seems a little bit more attainable than like trying to just revamp the whole. (laughs) And one thing to add in there, um, yeah, I I love what you just said, but the idea of, and it's funny because like I said, I don't have any kids, so I can't speak from this perspective, but I I do think about myself and, you know, in the future, having to think about this, don't worry about trying to be perfect and trying to not give your kids any limiting beliefs or trying to not give your kids any traumas or trying not to give your kids anything that could hold them back in life. Because what good is it for them to not have something to work through eventually? You know, being able to just be yourself and first of all, show them that you are human and they are human too, and everything is okay and everything is accepted, but don't put the pressure on yourself, you know, do what you can and change what you can and be aware of what you can. But at the same time, you know, it's going to be great and beautiful when your kids go on their own healing journey later. Oh my God. That is such a beautiful perspective. I love that reframe. Thank you. I needed that. (laughs) I heard that from the holistic psychologist. um, I want to say six months ago or a year ago. Time is kind of warped right now. (laughs) But yeah, I heard that and I just like, wow, that's amazing. Because I used to say I was terrified to have kids because I didn't want to traumatize them. But then what, what, that doesn't make any sense. And hearing that, hearing that reframe made, just changed everything for me. I was like, yeah, wait a minute. It's great to do what you can do. It's great to be aware of your actions and your words, but also stop taking or stop putting so much pressure on yourself because your kids are humans too. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I, I do feel like um, having them 
sort of witness my own like transformation and my own journey as you know recently has been really impactful and really meaningful and it's just opened up like so many amazing conversations especially like my oldest is is really here for it like he is able to comprehend a lot of what I'm talking about he wants to join me when we're doing gratitude work in the morning and our meditations and stuff like he's super interested in it and I love it so much and he's doing mantras about abundance flowing easily to us like it's just really beautiful um and and I love I do like feel very fortunate that they are able to witness my like this whole journey my learning time right be and and just understand that that's like um it's okay you know and it and it's and it there's like a positive in it so I do really love that um Regan I could like talk to you all night honestly like I know that our time is coming to a close if there was like one thing if you could share with people you know what would the one thing that you would want to make sure that everybody knows about what you're up to what would that be about what I'm up to or you know like about manifestation or all like if you had one piece of advice to offer people what would it be yes I love that so the one thing that is the basis of everything that I do is knowing the truth that if you want something you can have it it is meant for you. It is entirely possible for you. So even though you may not be able to figure out how you're going to get there, how it's going to happen, that's okay. You don't need to know that, but don't ever write yourself off from something that you want. Don't ever think of it as impossible or that you're not the person who can do that. Don't look at it that way. If you want something, if you desire something, you desire it for a reason and there's a way it's going to happen for you. Oh my gosh. Such a beautiful note to end on. Thank you so, so much, Regan, for your time tonight. This was like a really fun conversation for me personally. And I know um, everyone at home is going to love it too. So thank you so, so much for sharing. Thank you so much for having me here. I love talking about manifestation. I could do it all night. So this was amazing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Great. Well, we might have to have you come back then. (laughs) Thanks, Regan. This one's good. Oh my gosh. I've actually never done this before, but I I had to start recording again because I had a question and it was, um, I love manifestation, right? I'm into this kind of thing, but I still struggle when sometimes I am trying to manifest a goal and I still have that critical voice in my head that says, oh, come on, Ange, that's like a little bit too big. Like, don't get too big for your britches here. Like, you're not going to get that or you can't have that or whatever. Like, how do I go about quieting that voice because I am here for the big goals and I don't want that voice to get in the way. What's like, how do I break that down? I love that. So I think of two things when you say that. The first thing is sometimes that voice of, oh, like you you can't do that. A lot of, sometimes that comes from being uncertain and not knowing how it's going to happen. So it comes from overwhelm. Mm. It comes from not having all the steps in front of you and having all planned out. So a tangible action step would be to break it down. If you have this big, massive goal that is super overwhelming to you, you can say, yeah, maybe I can't do that tomorrow, but, or today, but what can I do today that will move me in that direction? Mm -hmm. Um, And a book that I really recommend on this topic is the slight edge. That book incredible and it's a really short read and it's a really powerful concept but it's on the idea that if you just get one percent better every day it compounds so one percent better each day is I'm going to totally butcher the math here but it's you're you know you're 365 times better at the end of the year right exactly so like if you look at it in terms of exercise if you know you think you need to exercise for two hours every day to be really fit you're not going to want to do that So then a lot of people will choose to just not exercise at all, where instead, why don't you just go for a 15 minute walk and start by doing that? So that can happen in business as well. It can happen in any goal that you have is being able to break it down and seeing the tangible steps directly in front of you and watching it unfold. Because no, if you have this big goal, there's no way you're going to know how you're going to get there. And when you have no way of knowing how you're going to get there, your conscious mind wants to say, well, that's never going to happen just because you can't see the way. Now, so when you're able to break it down, it can happen and trust the process. It happens very slowly and slowly. And then that's when quantum leaps come in and everything can happen all at once. So that's, that's one angle 
Yeah. I want quantum leaps in my life. So they bad. happen. They happen so much. And yeah, the, the second angle to look at it is when you have that voice saying, well, you can't do that. Look at your worthiness factor. How worthy do you feel of that? Because a lot of times that voice telling you that you can't have that is that voice that's telling you like, well, you can't do that because you have done this or you haven't done this or you're not smart enough or you're not this enough or you're not that enough. And that is just a deep internal trauma from maybe not even one specific event, but a lot of different events throughout our lifetimes of just getting our dreams shut down. Because there is, you know, when we're little kids, adults tell us that we can have, be, or do anything that we want. And there's somehow this magical age. I don't know what it is when all of a sudden that all becomes unrealistic and you need to be realistic. And so all of that societal programming and also other isolated traumas of the past can creep up and create this sense of unworthiness to where when you do have these big goals, you might feel unworthy of them. And I believe that a lot, if not most people deal with that in some way, shape or form. Oh yeah, I would think so. Cause it's just such a pervasive, you know, it's such a, it's like, it's all over society, right? This, yeah. uh, people like, telling you, us what's possible and yeah. Who do you think you are? Who do you think like, you are? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Oh, Regan. Okay. Thank you so much. I swear yeah. I'm going to let you go now. I appreciate you so, so much. I'm so grateful for all the great stuff that you shared with us today. Um, so thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys loved that episode as much as I did. I had to like bring her back on for a minute after we stopped recording because I asked her like a personal question. And then I was like, wait a second, everybody else needs to hear this too. It's so good. So um, I hope you loved it. Some of the takeaways from our conversation, you know, she has this program for somatic manifestation. There's four phases of the program. The first one is design. Uh, That's really designing the life that you want to have instead of focusing on the things that you don't want in your life, really spending time focusing on the things that you do want to create. Uh, Release, which is when you really release everything that's holding you back. There's a big focus on forgiveness and releasing all your limiting beliefs. And then there's the phase of reprogramming where you implement those positive feelings and you're sort of rebuilding um, the building blocks that you want your new life to be, to be founded on. And then the fourth step is aligning with your higher self and really stepping into that higher, um, higher level, which I think is so cool. Um, And her, you know, her biggest takeaway that she really wanted to share is that if you want something, you can have it. If it's, if it's on your mind and on your heart, that's because it's meant for you. It is possible. Believe in yourself, even if you can't see the specific way that it's going to happen. um, That doesn't mean that it can't happen, right? So definitely don't count yourself out just yet. Uh, She talks about the high vibe misconception and, and a little bit about toxic positivity and how that's not necessarily you know, the way of manifestation, that manifestation is still a super powerful tool, even if like you can't stay high vibe all the time, right? That's not the point is to just be high vibe, like and and blind to everything else going on. Instead, it's like to really maintain that that higher vibration when you're envisioning um, those parts of your life that you want to call into, um, into your life. So that was super cool. And, you know, she recommended the first step for anybody just starting out is to start out small, start out by setting intentions that will manifest and will excite you. So don't, maybe don't go so big that your critical mind steps in and says, no way that can happen, but maybe just go big enough that like, you don't know how it's going to happen, but you'd be super excited if it did. And, and it's still not in that super extravagant place. So it has to be something that you can actually believe. Um, And she recommends that's a good place to start just because you don't want that critical part of your brain to come in and take over and um, sort of ruin that that vision for you because if you're putting out a vibration of oh my gosh this will never happen then that's the vibration that's going to be returned to you so it was just such a beautiful conversation Uh, I love manifestation it's something very near and dear to my heart so I was really excited to be able to share with you 
um, you know, from the point of view of, of a manifestation expert. So that was super exciting for me. And I hope you guys liked it. If this episode, you know, resonated with you, if you think you know anybody that would like it, please share this with them. Um, you know, you just send it over right now, or you can take a screenshot and share it on social media. Definitely tag me at the Ange Snyder. Um, so I can thank you publicly for sharing the message and for helping us get, um, you know, this important topic out there, but definitely make sure you share it. Um, if you want to be on top of when new um, episodes are released, then just rate it, review, um, and subscribe to the podcast so that you can get that uh, information right away. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know that you are busy and your time is precious. And the fact that you chose to be here with me today makes my heart like happier than you could ever imagine. So thank you so, so much. I'm doing this for you. So if there is any topic that you want me to chat about, anybody that you want me to have on the podcast, please let me know. I'm very like open to that type of feedback and suggestions from you. Um, I am just so, so grateful for you. I hope that you know I love you very much and I am cheering for you. And if you give any of these manifestation tools a try, let me know. I'd love to hear how they're going. Um, drop into my DMs on Instagram. However, it's easier for you to get in touch with me, please do, because I love to meet um, the listeners. I think that's so fun. So Thanks, guys. I hope everybody has a beautiful day.